0: Welcome in to number three edition of the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. I'm your host, Assistant Sports Editor Zach James, and alongside with me, once again, it's Sports Editor Justin Rest. Justin, we're doing a podcast tonight because it's 4th of July week and we both have uh, some va- well-earned vacation for both of us, and it's raining outside and we don't want to go outside in the rain yet to our cars, so we figured it'd be a good opportunity to do a podcast here before the holiday week gets in full force. Coming up in this podcast, we'll talk about prep baseball and prep softball as prep softball playoffs already start late next week. We'll dive into that a little bit more and we'll dive into class 1A and 2A baseball postseason district brackets as well. Justin, uh, let's start off with this on the softball side of things and talk about two pretty good uh, milestones that two city schools met on Monday night starting with uh Sioux City North getting to the 20-win mark for the first time since they became a Class 5A school, which was back in 2011. The last time they won more than 20 games was back in 2011 when they won 31. And the uh, Haley Hoogers won her 50th career game for the North Stars tonight. Now, full disclosure, Haley is going to be the Journal Metro Athlete of the Week. And uh, Justin it's very well-deserved given how much Hoogers has contributed to a pretty good star season so far,
1: Yeah, exactly. She was the main – I mean, she's held East basically, you know, the three hits a uh, week before, and she's been lights out. Um, 50 wins, that's quite an accomplishment for a career right there. Um, 20 wins for North, that's quite an accomplishment there. And they, they kind of go, uh, you know, H- Haley Hoogers has been the rock there for a bit for them pitching wise, and that offense has really come around this year, and the combo of the two has led to the 20 wins. Um, Coach Eichelt said last year, uh, the 7, 8, and 9 spots in the order were, were just were not good. They, were, they, they weren't they were hitting at all. And this year, all three of those girls are batting at least 300, so that tells you how the offense has come along. When you get that kind of production, with Haley Hoogers in the circle, that's a pretty good combo right there, and that's like I said, led to 20 wins, and there could be a few more there and see how deep they can go in postseason.
0: I talked to Haley on Monday afternoon, and one of the things she was most excited about was North gets a home game late right next weekend, and, and they get a first-round bye and a uh, semi-final playoff home game as Urbandale has to come up here to, uh, to play that game. I think that's a big accomplishment for the North uh, program. Not to – I. I I think it is. And I think the girls should be excited about something like that.
1: Yeah, it is a big accomplishment. It shows that they've knocked off some people this year. It shows that, you know,
0: the, I, the,
1: uh, girls union, you know, has respect what they've done. I mean, yes, they're, they're in the same bracket as Fort Dodge. That is tough, but to get that first round by and to get that first round home game in five, a is a pretty good accomplishment right there. It shows, I mean, like I said, 21s for the first time in a while, you know, everyone's kind of respecting what they're doing right now. And they, it's been a progression to get to this far spot, but North has done that. They're, they're, they're playing
0: pretty well right now. Entering Monday, Hoogers is 18-6. and six. She's now 19-6 and six with the win on Monday. But entering Monday, she had a 1.77 ERA and 154 strikeouts in 146 innings. That just goes to show you that Haley has more confidence in her pitches, especially she told me she has more confidence in her rise ball and when someone's rise ball is as working as well as uh, Haley's is she's going to be tough to hit
1: yeah the rise ball is such a, a tough pitch um you know it's hard to master it's very hard to master and she's done that this year and that's led to increased strikeout totals because it's a tough pitch to get a hold of in, in that aspects and you'd almost think rise ball is something people could lift and they kind of do but it's mostly for pop-ups and such and because when the rise ball is on, you can't get much. You cannot get the barrel of the ball on it. You have to basically kind of guess where that ball is going, and, and depending on how much rise the pitcher gets out of it. And it is a very tough pitch to handle. I mean, the changeup is a very tough pitch to handle, too. But if you get the timing down on the curveball ball or on the changeup, you can blast that sucker. The rise ball, even if you get the timing down, you have to find a way to put the barrel on the ball. And that is extremely
0: difficult with the rise ball. You no know you know who probably else has a pretty good rides ball this season. It's Chastity Johnson who helped East uh, get a big win on Monday night, uh, entering uh, Let's is counting Monday night. She has 103 strikeouts in 136 of the third innings, and opposing hitters are only hitting 296 against Johnson. Uh, you have a couple of milestones that East had tonight. Uh, what were those? Uh,
1: Chastity Johnson picked up her 600th career strikeout. She's been playing since she's an eighth grader. So that's an average of 120 strikeouts per season. Uh, that's pretty good right there. And the win over Council Bluffs, um, uh, Council Bluffs was the 100th conference win for uh, Coach Mike Crawford uh, at East. So uh, two pretty big accomplishments for East there. Chastity uh, Johnson has been, you know, a stalwart in the circle for East since she was an eighth, grade, eighth grader and Crawford's done a very good job with that East program.
0: Yeah, Crawford has done a very good job with that East program just from what I've seen in the couple months that I've been here. But, uh, yeah, the softball has been pretty good in the city so far this year. Heelan's played well. East uh, is playing well. North with 20 wins. West is improving a little bit. So it'll be exciting to see coming up late next week what those city schools can do uh, in the postseason run, and even in the final 10 days or so of the regular season as things wind down if they get games in. And I'm still looking outside and it is lightning and raining and 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 it's just not fun out there right now. So so it's a good thing teams got games in on Monday night and hopefully they can get games in as the regular season winds down in both baseball and softball. Let's transition over to the baseball side of things for a little bit and talk about some of the one A and two A district brackets that came out over the last week or so. 3 and 4A aren't out yet. The seating meetings were on Saturday for those, and we won't find out um, the full results, results of those probably until later this week. But in Class 1A District 1, Kingsley, Pearson, and Lawton Bronson will host for, uh, district quarterfinal games, as well Remsen-St. Mary's and MMCRU in uh, Class 1A District 2. In Class 1A District 3, Sioux Central and Newell Fonda will host district quarterfinal games and semifinal games. And in Class 2A District 1, West Line and West Sioux get first-round buys, as do Hinton and MVAO-COU in Class 2A District number 16. What stands out to you about that, Justin?
1: Well, I'll go with the uh, 1A1 first. Uh, you have Kingsley Pearson and Akron Westfield in the same district there. Um, and then when you jump over, you have Rumson, St. Mary's, uh, Woodbury Central, Um <laughs> Those, you know, those, those two, those four schools right there. That any one of those four schools can come out of there is the one that goes to state. Kingsley's playing pretty well. You know, Justin Renking will get the ball in big moments. Akron Westfield's had a good season. there, you know, um, Woodbury Centrals had some slip ups here and there, but they've they've been right along there with Kingsley Pearson and Remsen Saint Mary has has been receiving consideration. Has had some nice wins this season. Now, they played. West Lion about as tough as, as anyone has this season too. and uh, if I remember that score correctly, and West Lion's a pretty good team this season. So in one a, <laughs>
0: that's
1: kind of the one to look at, seeing those four teams can come out of there. Um, in 2A, oh man, you have West Sioux and West Lion in the same district. And while West Sioux may not have the record you'd expect them to have, they're still a tough out because I can kind of guarantee you when those two teams face in Larchwood, I mean, pending any upsets of course. When those two teams meet in Larchwood on on the twentieth, I guarantee you it's gonna be Hunter Deckers going for West Sioux in that game to win the district against West Lion, which is undefeated. West Lion is I've told a couple of West Lion people that I know they're undefeated, and they went, Really? So it's it's been a pretty pretty good season. They're a little young this year, so I think it caught some of them off guard, but West Lion is having a great season. It's finally being recognized by the rankings they moved up to fifth in the rankings this
0: week what makes West Lion so good? I know you're from around that area, and I know you know that team a little better than probably what I do with the general uh, circulation our, our audience what what makes what what has made West Lion a good team so far this year I mean
1: usually it's because they have pretty good athletes that's one um, athletes that can succeed at a lot of sports usually football is the centerpiece of course that's the one they always look at. But, you know, they, they've got some athletes that have come together, and when they put their minds in the baseball sense of things, they can be pretty good. Um, you look at Easton Fleshman, a freshman, made state as a wrestler, and 55 at-bats, he's batting 509 this season with 27 RBIs. This is a team with pretty good power, eight home runs on the season uh, uh, for them. They're batting 340 as a team, and as good as their power has been, pitching, 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 pitching. Mm-hmm. 1.37 ERA. None of their pitchers have an ERA of over two. So, and when I said this is a pretty young team, you look at the lineup, Thad, My- Myrell, and uh, Trevor Reinke. Those are the, kind of the two seniors in that lineup. Tre- Trevor Van, Van Meidendorp has gotten some at-bats, but, you know, it's me- basically Myrell and Reinke that, that that are the two guys. And Myrell is batting 318. Reinke's batting 264. Um, their rotation is, is mostly a bunch of, ju- uh, you know, three juniors and one senior. Justin Koystra has 26 in the third innings this season. That's the fourth most on the team, whereas it's been Josh Van Beek, Isaac Brueggemann, Jalen Gramstead. You know, they, they, they've been built on pitching, and the athleticism is really paying dividends. from them. They're, they're really translating onto the, onto the field. And I say athleticism, 23 steals for Gramstead, 23 steals for Gavin Lorenzen. 14 steals for Van Beek, 10 steals for Logan Meyer, 13 steals for Brueggemann. They have 123 steals on the season. They have walked more than they've struck out, 151 times, 112 times. So when they get on base, they will take the extra base. They'll put them in position, and they're driving runners in at a very good clip. 238 runs scored on the season.
0: I want to talk about uh, Class Two A District Sixteen for a couple minutes because Hinton and NBA or COU were both in the same district. I think both teams are worthy to make it to Des Moines to the state tournament. So it's a little disappointing to see both teams that both teams can't make it out of that district, but um what do you make of that district i think that'll be a really really good (laughs) district final here in a couple weeks
1: i've i've joked with hinton's coach about this one a little bit uh i i I called it the bracket of death right here
0: Um, (laughs) yeah it is
1: because you you look at Hinton and mva there's a chance neither one makes it to the district final because oabcig has quietly put up a pretty good season um I believe they were fourth in the Western Valley Conference. I think they have uh, 17 or 18 wins on the season. And then you look at Alta Aurelia, and Alta Aurelia is really coming on strong. <coughs> Excuse me. You, you have the two McCoy brothers for, for Alta Aurelia, and I believe Preston McCoy is the better pitcher, and he's been lights out lately. So any of those four teams can, can come out of it. Uh, OABCIG is 12 and 7 on the season, is what mm-hmm. they are. Uh, Alta Aurelia. Also, really I got some votes early in the season. We're, we're, I think they were ranked at one point in the boys' poll. They are 13 and seven. But yeah, the McCoy brothers, Logan McCoy is batting 446. Both, um, Logan does have a 4.16 ERA, but 39 innings. Preston McCoy, 2.88 ERA, 25 in the third innings. So, pitching wise, if the McCoys are really going, Pitching-wise, they are a very mm-hmm. dangerous team. And hit, but that's the thing. You know, MVA OCLU has had pitching this season, uh, you know, from uh, Zach Scott and, and uh, oh, the other name is blanking on uh, Aaron Michael. Those two have been lights out this season. Yes, so, they have. So you look at those two and um, that aspect of going up against Alton, the two McCoys. You know, Hinton's deep in their pitching staff as well, and it's they've not got just a pretty good bonk. Lineup, so. No, you're right. You know, they've they've got a pretty good pitching staff as well. So, um, it's a pretty tough outright. I think they got deeper pitching than OABCIG, but OABCIG versus Hinton and also really versus uh, versus MVAOCOU, those could be two district finals if it all were to work out. I mean, it's not going to uh, because you know those would be the semifinals, but right. Um, based on 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 logic but yeah <laughs> so and i think looking at the other side of the bracket for those two it'd be district 15 then you have trainer and you have Clor- clorinda and i believe trainer's putting together a pretty good season yeah, too. You are. so it's just you look at it and uh, whoever gets out of that and gets to state is going to feel very fortunate feel very battle-tested going to State. Yeah, trainer is 22-3 and three on the season.
0: Yeah, whoever makes it out of that sub-state, I don't know what sub-state number it is. I think it'd be either 4 or 5, I believe. But
1: um, um It's sub- sub-state number 8 for well, uh. Well, also, oh, no,
0: That makes sense because district 16, sub-state 8, so that would make more sense. But whoever comes out of that sub-state, regardless of what number it is, it's going to be well-earned. I think once they get to State, I think they're going to, uh, turn some heads uh, once they get to Des Moines, and hopefully, it's an area team. Uh, that I mean, gets if you to can make it,
1: if you can make the run through that sub through that district and sub state, you know, you, like I said, you're better tested for state, so yeah, you, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see whoever comes out of that win state. So it's well,
0: uh, class two, they had some good teams on the east side good of the state, yes,
1: there are some very good teams, but man, that is that is a district, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted, is what I should say,
0: so yeah. 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 They'll be they'll be right in the mix. No question about that. Whoever wins that. No question about that. Let me jump over. I promise we won't talk about wrestling every single time, but I want to give you a chance to talk about the arena wrestling uh, camp that you went to on Monday morning. Just a couple observations from it. and What were your couple biggest takeaways from being there earlier in the day? Uh, The
1: fact that it's another way to build wrestling in Northwest Iowa, Um, you know, talking to Clint Kudom, the Sergeant Bluff Luton head coach, you know, he created it because he didn't want it to be a feeder program to one high school or one youth program. He wants kids from all throughout Northwest Iowa to feel welcome to this program to come in and, and, and such. There's, Tristan Mulder from Western Christian has been there uh, a few times. Um, that, that's the guy who was a state finalist right there. there. There's been kids coming from Holstein. There's been girls coming from Holstein too. So it's open to boys and girls. And, you know, it's something he just wants to see. He wants it to be a supplement for the high school and youth programs. He wants to take what they're learning in high school and in, in the youth programs and build on it. And, you know, like he said, you know, some of them use it as a, a as a recruiting tool. Mm-hmm. He He just wants it for the wrestlers to get better no matter what school they're at, whether it's at Hinton, whether it's at Central Lion, whether it's at MVAOCOU or OABCIG. He just wants those wrestlers to get better, and he wants it to help build the programs, not just program, in in Northwest Iowa. And, and, you know, they're free camps. You know, he wanted to make them free for a reason, and uh, so everyone had access to them. And, and uh, I, it's a very, very noble thing and a very good thing to have in Northwest Iowa.
0: And I think that it takes a little bit of leadership to do something like that. And it takes a little bit of outside-the-box thinking to have an idea like that. And it sounds like Coach Cootum certainly has both of those qualities.
1: Yeah, the Arena Wrestling Academy and the Arena Academy in general has had a very good handle on things right there. You know, not just for wrestling but for basketball and such. Um, volleyball, you know, they're going to be moving into that facility uh, that's being uh, remodeled for with the old Hobby Lobby. That's what they'll be for one of their facilities, and yeah, it takes some good leadership. And, and Coach Kudam has, has also reached out to uh, Jacob Cologne. Uh, Morningside's um, staff has been involved in it too. Um, you know, there, there's been a lot of you know a lot of coaches from the area that have helped out too. And, Coach Kudum you know, said any coach that wants to come is welcome to come and help out in the
0: room too. So. Yeah, it sounds like a very, very good idea. And it sounds like that whoever gets, gets in that camp and takes advantage of that camp will be better off for it to come uh, the late fall and the wintertime season. But it's not the fall and wintertime season. It is the summertime season. And make sure you check out SiouxCityJournal.com for Justin's uh, Metro, uh, Siouxland Athlete of the Week feature rather on Kingsley Pearson's Justin ranking my feature coming up. That'll be featured in Wednesday's paper on North's Haley Hoogers, who we talked about earlier in the episode and uh, make sure just check out Sioux city journal for all uh, prep college and explorers coverage uh, throughout the summertime season. Please stay safe throughout the week. I know this holiday week, uh, it can be a very fun one, but it, but things can happen. So we just want to make sure everybody stays stays safe uh, given the weather and everything else that comes involved with the 4th of July holiday season. For Sports Editor Justin Russ, this is Assistant Sports Editor Zach James. Thank you so much for listening to the SCJ Preps podcast, and we'll talk to you next time.